Good morning, faithful listeners. You have tuned in to the P40 Ministries podcast, the one place where you can get a daily explanatory Bible reading to start your day strong. This is your host, Jen, bringing you a brand new episode out of Matthew. Hello and good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Thank you for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast, and I am Jen, the host. So why don't we go ahead and talk about Matthew chapter 23, verses 29 through 39. Let's go ahead and read these 11 verses here and uh, talk a little bit about them. I will be reading out of the WEB version of the Bible this morning. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the tombs of the righteous, and say, if we had lived in the days of our fathers, we wouldn't have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Therefore you testify to yourselves that you are the children of those who killed the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your fathers. You serpents, you offspring of vipers, how will you escape the judgment of Gehenna? Therefore, behold, I send to you prophets, wise men, and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city, that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you killed between the sanctuary and the altar. Most certainly, I tell you, all these things will come upon this generation." Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I would have gathered your children together, even as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me from now on, until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This last verse here, verse 39, kind of explains why Jesus is so harsh in this chapter. He really wants his point to to get across because he says right here, this is the last time I am going to warn you guys. And this is the strongest warning that he gives to the Pharisees is right here in this entire chapter. He was giving them woe after woe after woe, basically. And at the end here, he says, you are not going to see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So he's warning the the Pharisees here that this is their last warning. He is about to die, basically, by the hands of the Pharisees and the Romans. And uh, he's, he's about to die. And that is the last time he is going to be able to, to tell them this stuff. So let's go ahead and talk about these last 11 verses we just read here. In verse 29, where we started off, he gives the Pharisees one last woe. And I discussed on Tuesday that a woe basically means um, he's pitying them. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. So he's he's pitying these scribes and these Pharisees. Now, in the NLT version, let me find it here real quick. They actually translate it as, What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? So that's how the NLT, which is a more modern version, translates woe to you. What sorrow awaits you, you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, you are hypocrites. And re- you remember from Tuesday, I talked about what the word hypocrite meant. Hypocrite was basically a Greek word, which meant play actor. And so he was calling them basically play actors, people who are putting on a show, people who weren't really doing what they pretended to do. And so it says here, in verse 29, that the Pharisees build these 
beautiful tombs for these prophets, and then they decorate the monuments of the godly people that the Pharisees' ancestors basically destroyed and killed. And yet they say, while they're doing all this, while they're decorating these beautiful tombs and putting flowers on these gorgeous graves and stuff like this, he says that you say, if you lived in the days of your ancestors, you claim that you would not have joined in with killing these prophets that you are making these graves for. And so Jesus continues in saying, but by saying that, you're actually testifying against yourselves because you are you are the descendants of these people who killed all of these prophets. And yet you pretend, you play this this act like you wouldn't have gone in and killed these prophets along with your ancestors, but you would have. And so Jesus says here in verse 32, why don't you just go ahead and just finish what your ancestors started? Just finish it. I find that verse so interesting. He's basically saying like, come at me. And, uh, He's telling them, you are about to finish everything that your ancestors just started because you are about to crucify me. It's already in your hearts. It's already been plotted. You've been plotting this now for weeks that you want to kill me. You are about to finish everything that your ancestors started. You know, your ancestors killed all of the prophets. And yet now you are doing the exact same thing while claiming you are so holy and that you wouldn't do this kind of stuff. And yet you're about to finish the job for your ancestors. So he says here in in verse 33, he calls them snakes and descendants of vipers. So the Pharisees, you know this, they, they prided themselves on being Jewish descendants. They were so excited over the fact that they knew the law and the prophets so well, and they had pure blood and everything like this. And yet Jesus is calling them sons of vipers. So this means that even though the Pharisees have this pure blood, it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing because they are sons of vipers. And you remember from my episodes of Genesis 1 and 2, where we were talking about the serpent in the Garden of Eden, that um, a serpent often meant or was a picture of Satan himself. So Jesus is not calling them pure-blooded Jewish descendants, but he is calling them descendants of the viper, the Satan, the one that was in the garden. So they are sons of hell, and he actually called them sons of hell a few paragraphs ago in the same chapter of the Bible. And we talked a little bit about that on Tuesday. So he's reinforcing that point. You are sons of hell. And he says, how are you going to escape the judgment of hell since you are sons of hell already? I'm going to send my prophets and my wise men and my teachers of religious law among you. And this is meaning his disciples. After Jesus dies and he is persecuted at the hand of these Pharisees who claim, of course, that they don't do this kind of stuff. He's going to send his disciples out there and they're going to do the exact same thing to his disciples. Jesus says here that they will flog them in the the synagogues. They will kill them by crucifixion. They will chase them from city to city to city. He says in verse 35, as a result of what you do to me and my disciples, you are going to be held responsible for the murder of all the godly people from all time. So basically every martyr from the time of Abel to Zechariah, son of Berechiah, he says here, whom you killed in the temple between the sanctuary and the altar. So I'm going to go off on a little rabbit trail here and talk a little bit about Zechariah, the son of Berechiah here. Now, this was a prophet who was mentioned in 
the Old Testament, or at least what most people believe. The problem here is the Zechariah that we know of from the Old Testament, his father was, I think, named Jehoiakim or Jehoiaphat or something like that. What was it? Let me see here. Uh, Jehoiada. They mention Zechariah as being the son of Jehoiada. But this Zechariah that Jesus mentions is the son of Berechiah. So people either believe that it's the same person and Berechiah and Jehoiadim mean the same thing, which they do. They actually mean the blessing of Jehovah. So people believe that Jesus is either renaming the father to mean the same name, in a different language or something like that, or it's just a different prophet altogether that had a very similar name and a very similar way of death, which is possible because Jesus even says here that uh, the disciples are going to be flogged and killed in the synagogues, which is what he talks about with this Zechariah. It says that these people, the ancestors of the Pharisees killed Zechariah between the sanctuary and the altar in the temple. So Jesus is claiming here that these people are just going to keep doing the same old thing they've always done. They kill people in the temples, the temples that are supposed to be holy places where God is supposed to live and dwell and receive worship. And yet they're going and killing these prophets and these holy people in the temples. And so Jesus talks about this as being kind of being almost like a, a common practice because he says that that's what they're going to do to his disciples as well. So going back to Zechariah, there could be two different Zechariahs with two similar names that were killed in the same way, since Jesus does mention that the Pharisees do kill the prophets often in the temple and are going to continue to do so. So after this, in verse 36, he says here, I tell you the truth, this judgment will fall on this very generation. And that is because obviously this, these Pharisees at this point did kill Jesus himself and were about to kill all of his disciples and stuff like that. So after this, it says that Jesus basically grieves over Jerusalem and over these Pharisees. He's grieving for them. So we like to think sometimes that Jesus just condemned these Pharisees to hell and didn't care about them and just got into fights with them all the time. But that's not the case. He was grieving over them. He, you know, Jesus loves everybody. He loves every single person from the Pharisee to the poor man, to the blind man, to whoever. He loves them all. He cares greatly about everybody. I think there was actually a verse in the Bible that talked about Jesus and the rich man. There was a rich man that came to him and it says somewhere that Jesus loved that rich man. So it's not just the poor people that Jesus loves, but it is the rich people and it is the Pharisees as well. Jesus had so much love in his heart and he loved everybody. So he grieves over these Pharisees here in verses 37 to 39. And he says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. And that's what he names that city, the, the, the prophet killer city, basically. And he says, I have wanted to gather you together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. So basically, Jesus is mourning over these Pharisees that kill 
these prophets saying that I wanted to gather all of you together, every single one of you, and bring happiness and comfort and joy to you as a as a mother hen does to her chickens. You know, when a little chick goes under the, the mother's wings, it is a place of comfort. And so that's what Jesus is talking about here. I wanted to comfort all of you, but you guys wouldn't have it. You didn't want it. And so I can't. And so he says here in verse 38, and now look, your house is abandoned and desolate. And that reminds me what Jesus says there of that parable we talked about a long time ago, where Jesus says that if the house is left desolate and empty, the spirits, the evil spirits will come in and take it over. So their house here, these Pharisees houses are left desolate, abandoned and empty. They don't have the spirit of God inside of them, living inside of them. And now they are going to become basically Satan's children and have these spirits living inside of them because their house is empty. There is nobody living there. There is no spirit of God inside of them. So he says here in verse 39 to conclude, for I tell you this, you will never see me again until you say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And so we talked about that, and that is why Jesus is so strongly pushing this on these Pharisees, even though they're listening, even though they're probably getting so infuriated at Jesus' words. He is just like, I know you guys are going to kill me, so I'm just going to tell it as it is. And that is what Jesus does. He was unafraid. He knew what his purpose was for coming here. And he is a very loving God who really wanted these Pharisees to just repent and turn away from everything that they were doing and uh, just come to him. It's very clear that Jesus wanted these Pharisees to repent. And that's what I really love about Jesus's character. He showed favoritism to absolutely no one. He was always so willing to have open arms and accept anybody who came to him with repentance. Well, thank you for tuning into this episode this morning. Join me on Tuesday and we will discuss more from the New Testament and join me then at 6 a.m. But also join me tomorrow and on Monday at 6 a.m. to discuss some episodes out of the Old Testament. For those of you who are new listeners, I do Old Testament episodes on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, and then New Testament episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So join me each morning, except for on weekends at 6 a.m. And we are almost on season two of the P40 Ministries podcast, which is so cool. I'm really excited about that. But faithful listeners, thank you for tuning in and have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Happy listening and God bless.